big debates, unpopular opinions, and a whole lot more. Oh yeah, it's the Once Around Podcast, baby. Hello and welcome back to the Once Around Podcast. I'm Ben, I'm joined by Cam, Kai, Luke and Ed. And we have the entire crew to discuss probably the the two biggest results of the season, really. Um, Cam, I'm going to come to you first. It's been a while uh, since you, since well, since we've all been on the pack podcast, but especially for you. What do you make of the the past two games, specifically that wonderful three two home win to Bournemouth? It was a great response to what was a very difficult week for lots of obvious reasons. Um, was immensely proud of the performance to a man. Every single one of them were terrific. And that's really all we can ask for. I think that we've been given a pretty impossible task. But if the team perform like they have done in the last two games, specifically the the Bournemouth game, it's all we can ask for. They all gave absolutely everything. Um, and it was a deserved win. Um, the only reason Bournemouth, who arguably were the best team in the league, uh, at that point, they're more Fulham anyway, but um, the only reason they came back into the game was from a mistake. And apart from a very rocky end to the first half from that mistake, we were the better team. Um, it's the first time I think these last two games are the first time that we've really seen the press that Rooney's spoken about in pre-season. He wants his teams to play with a high press and and to be on the front foot and They've, they've done that in the last two games and I wonder if that's because there's nothing to lose now. So hopefully we do play um, fearless for the rest of the season because if we do, those two games are a very good advertisement for hopefully what's to come. Um, I don't expect them to stay up, but the response that they've shown has been absolutely terrific and you can't speak higher of, of Rooney, his staff, all the players for that and of the fans who have also been terrific the last two games. So long may that continue. Absolutely. Uh, Kai, we are on one point in this uh, championship season so far. However, without that deduction, it's 22 points. I'd say considering all the resources that Rooney had available, that's that's pretty good, isn't it? It's not bad at all. I mean, 22 points with a team we started out the season with where I think we had about eight players or something ridiculous. We have one contracted centre-back who wasn't actually contracted in Curtis Davis. He was sort of just still here at the club. So it's not been too bad. Um, there's obviously results such as Peterborough, uh, who else have we sort of cost ourselves in recently? Uh, Barnsley. Uh, Barnsley, yeah. Peterborough and Barnsley, the biggest two, because they're the teams around us. Uh, if we beat Barnsley and didn't throw that one away, we'd be five points behind them right now, which would be absolutely beautiful. But there's, there's there's a lot gone on behind the scenes at the club, which hopefully we've now seen the end of. And I think we're being rewarded rewarded on the pitch for that now as well. So as Cam said, long may it continue. There's still a lot of games to play for, a lot of points to win. It's not impossible. It's going to take a lot of doing. It's probably going to mean that we can't afford any injuries to key players. So we've still got one huge player to come back in the next couple of months in Christian Bielek. So that'll be a huge boost, but 
as things are going, it's not all that bad. Not all that bad at all. However, it is looking quite bad uh, for two of our blonde bombshells sitting on the bench, Louis Sibley and Camille Josviak seem to have been dropped for the likes of Festi Ebersele and Jason Knight. Luke, is there a way back into the side for our blonde boys? Until they can prove themselves by coming off the bench, I don't think so. I think Sibley will have a lot more to offer than Josviak for me because I feel like Sibley's a lot more brave and will run at people and be a lot more physical, where I think Jos struggles with the physical side of the game. That's why I think Knight and Ebersele are both in front of him because Ebersele and Knight are just they're just strong. They're not they're not scared of anything. Where I feel like Josviak, the few times I have seen him this season and last season, he seems afraid to go over the tackles. He seems a bit, I like to say twinkle toes. He's not he doesn't go in for the tackle. He kind of dabs a foot in, loses the ball, doesn't really go for it. But if you watch Ebersele and Knight, they'll go for the tackle. They'll put their body on the line. I know Sibley does that, but I think at the minute, I think confidence-wise, I think Ebersele has a lot more to offer. And I think as soon as Sibley starts getting those few more minutes in, hopefully a goal goal or two, his confidence will start to grow. And I think you'll start to see more from him. But with Jaws, I just personally, I've not rated him the whole time he's been here. So this is probably a very biased opinion from me. I just don't like him. No. I don't think he has a lot, I just don't think he has a lot to offer. I think he's not strong enough. I think he holds on for the ball too long. He doesn't release it. That's, it's just a very biased opinion, if I'm honest. Mm. Do you actually see the club letting him go? I know Rooney has come out and said that the players who he doesn't want to go won't go. But if he's keeping Josviak on the bench for so long, is is it looking sort of like the end of his Derby career? It, it could be. It could be... Um a bit of money to make for the sidelines, help us get that tiny bit out of debt, get money off the wage bill. But I think with Ebersele being so young, I think we're going to need that bit more experience Jos has than Ebersele and Knight, because he's just slightly bit older than the two of them. But I feel like with him not being on the bit, with him being on the bench, I feel he'll, when he comes on, he'll have a point to prove, which hopefully means he will play better and he'll, he'll, the game will mean more to him. And with Bielik coming back, we saw last season when he was playing along with Bielik in the team, he was a different player. So maybe that can change when Bielik comes back eventually. It it feels like too long since we've seen, seen Christian Bielik in a Derby shirt and it will be a really, really warm reception in Pride Park or wherever we are when he finally steps foot on the grass again. Unless it's the city ground. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ed. One player who Rooney was very proud to bring in was Ravel Morrison. Now, he's been dropped to the bench by a young lad by the name of Liam Thompson. What do you make of Liam and what's keeping Ravel out the team? Well, I think, firstly, Liam's had all that time sitting just outside the squad because of EFL squad uh, rules for us because of being in embargoes and stuff. Um, so I think he's had to bide his time and he's been patient because of that. Um, I think, as he's seen in the last two games, the it's the effort level for me and the, the work rate he has that I think Rooney must see being an important factor in, as, as Cam mentioned earlier, that high-pressing game. 
Um, and it's not that Ravel doesn't work hard, but there's certainly moments in the game where he might switch off a little bit. He might be thinking about that worldy Hollywood pass. And with Liam, it seems that he's just a bit more composed, weirdly, but not, not composed necessarily on the ball, but just composed in his decision-making and his press, which I think really needs at the moment, just a bit more teamwork. Um, but that's not to say that Ravel won't still come back in the team and won't still work, uh, fight for this team. I think he's proved all doubt is wrong so far this season. By no means has he been, you know, the standout player, but I think he's done better than most people uh, would have said at the start of the season. He's certainly written off a lot of the criticism he's, he's had. Um, but Liam Thompson, I mean, is a breath of fresh air. I don't want to go too over the top with the with the uh, plaudits for him because he's still a young lad. It's happened with a lot of Derby players in the past. We've said it many times on this podcast before about hyping up Louis Sibley or Jason Knight, Max Bird. And with Liam Thompson, he's just another one on the conveyor belt, isn't he? And it's clear that he's going to add to the squad. So long may that continue as well. Yeah. Uh, for me, Liam Thompson sort of feels like a Dwayne Holmes type player. That may be completely height-related, but I feel like he can slot in in that midfield, give us that diamond... Dynam, that's such a hard word to say. Dynamism, that one. Um, and, yeah, progress the ball when needed, make the simple pass, yeah. Does anyone else think he looks a bit like Jamie Ward from a distance? Because like, I saw a tweet about it the other day, and ever since then, all I can see now is just Jamie Ward. He's the same height, isn't he, realistically? And he's got four, that like, four, low centre of gravity, like just chucking himself about. So I, I can mm. see it. He's got a wonderful first touch as well, oh, Liam. He, he, he took some balls down against Fulham and just, yeah, wonderful. Uh, we'll move on to that Fulham result then. Uh, Cam, how big of a result is that? Even though we didn't stop, even though we didn't score, we didn't concede to a very, very informed Fulham side. Yeah, it was impressive. I think everybody kind of expected a defeat in this game. I was quietly optimistic for the Bournemouth game, being at home, but certainly going down to Craven Cottage, probably the toughest place to go in the whole division. So I think... Not atmosphere-wise. <sighs> clappers, just, just... Can't just, call them that. <laughs> the, the plastic things they use more plastic than the new stand anyway um they it is the hardest ground to to go in the division because of the quality of of squad that they have Mitrovic being missing I think if he was in the team it, it, it could have been a different story but we'll never know um the team that we were up against was still one of the best teams if not the best team in the division so to be able to keep a clean sheet which you know actually has been our problem last few games. I know we've got one of the better defences in the league, but we started to concede quite a few goals. And to be able to keep a clean sheet against a Fulham side in confidence, I think they'd won seven straight, is is a great achievement. I thought that the whole squad or the whole team were great out of possession, but particularly the back five, um, meaning the defence and keeper. Keller had a really shaky start, but he, he made some really important saves for us in the game. And... Nathan Byrne was sensational. I know a lot of us have given plaudits to Davis, um, rightly or wrongly. I've come to almost expect it from Davis. I think Nathan Burns had a bit of a slow start, but he was terrific. Um, three goal-saving challenges yesterday, and then the clearance off the line from Davis. You know, everybody was 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 great yesterday defensively, and we had chances in the game, particularly in the first half. If you know Tom could put one of those away, then 
you know, maybe we're talking about three points. So that's, it's just great to be able to continue that momentum. Now we're going into three on the face of it, potentially winnable games and into those games with confidence, um, which is all you can ask. I mean, you know, again, we'll start talking about it at some point, I'm sure, but it's an unbelievable task in front of them. But if they continue to play like they have done in the past two games and maybe combine the attacking prowess of of, of Sunday to the, the defensive um, strengths of, of last night, then uh, maybe they do stand a chance. Absolutely. It's time to get a run together. Uh, last night saw the return of Harry Wilson playing in black and white, unfortunately without a ram on his chest. Kai, what did you make of the Welsh Wizards' performance? Um, I, I didn't think it was it was that special. I thought Forsyth marked him up the game very, very well. He had a couple of chances, one where I don't know why he didn't shoot himself. He should have just buried it. And he He's too decided, nice of a yeah, player. Yeah, I think he, he, he sort of had flashbacks um, <laughs> as soon as he took that extra touch and decides to fire it off, I think, to Cabano, who was duly tackled by Nathan Byrne. Uh, I, I thought he'd been... I didn't know why he didn't take that free kick, but then again, I feel like 85% of his free kicks was, were pretty shocking and we're just thinking about the Man United one and the uh, Sheffield United one. But it was one of them performances where he couldn't really get anything going. He didn't really have anything to work with up top. Obviously, we've already mentioned Mitrovic being a huge miss for them. But to be honest, I think Davis would have marked him out of the game like he has done every single time we played. So I think we get a point out of that game either way. Um, it, 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 it suits us better than it does them. They can say, oh, Bournemouth dropped points. But in the same week where Bournemouth have dropped points, then they should have capitalised on that. And they haven't. So they're probably coming out of it. The unhappier team. We're one point closer to our goal. Harry Wilson didn't score. All right, good all round good week. And I didn't really answer your question, but I don't think Harry Wilson was that great. Thank you. I do have to give credit to Fulham fans, though. Not for their atmosphere, that was shocking, but for helping me find my way back to my train station. They were very nice, very courteous, hoping that we stay up. So anywhere yeah. else in the country and you get led back to the wrong train station, by the way. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> There's no way. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, they, it's because they were, it's because they seen your waitrose bag and they thought, oh, he's one of us. Yeah, they genuinely thought you were from Fulham. So right, I, I, and I, we're back, and we are back indeed. Um, yeah. So looking ahead, Luke QPR, we do love do love a good game against QPR. Sort of rivals, not really, but. I, I enjoy other games. FFP rivals. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Bobby's and against... rivals. It'd be rude not to bring up my little moment against QPR, would it? I got on TV against the play in the playoffs. Did it'd you get not on to, TV? Would it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, it'd be rude not to. I don't yeah. think I've told you before, have I? No. No. Um, so what do you think of this current QPR team? Um, I don't know. I've not heard much from them. They seem just to be bouncing around. I'm not sure where they are in the league. I just know Charlie Austin pops up the goal now and then and he probably will score against us because he always does. Uh, they're fourth. Oh, they're fourth? Yeah. I need to look into my research more. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're pretty much unbeaten in one, two, three, four, five, six. 
Yeah, but Fulham were one seven in a row, didn't they? They um, did. Stop that. Um, I feel like, like Cam said, we're full of confidence right now. I just can't see them being an issue. I think if we just play our own game, I think they should be an issue. Keep Charlie Austin quiet, shut down the flanks, and I think we'll be fine personally. I think if we just keep their main attacking threats quiet, and which I think Davis and Jagielka can do, which they've done all season pretty well, in my opinion. I honestly think we'll be fine. I think we can nick a point, potentially three. Hopefully get an early goal and sit back and defend again, really, like we have done all season, which mm-hmm. seems to be working until we make a few rocky mistakes. Yeah. Like, like we have done. Like the sound of that. And finally, Ed, what, what droppable players are there from the squad that started against Fulham? None, unless there's injury. I mean, Festy's already come out on socials and said that he's fine after that little knock. So I suspect that he'll stay in the squad. Um, I don't see the need to change anyone. You know, I think the only areas on paper that you'd say, oh, they probably need a bit of a rest is the back back five, as Cam said. But I think Jagielka and Davies have already proved so far this season that they can clearly play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So there's not really any any area that I think we should improve on. If Sam Baldock's fit, I don't really know what, what's happening with Sam Baldock at the minute. Um, don't know how injured he is or whether he's just picking up little knocks. Um, there's probably a case that if he's fit, maybe he comes back in. Um, but even then, I think one player that that fa- fans have underappreciated for years, and it's always a sore topic bringing him up, is Tom Lawrence. I think a lot of people have been calling for Curtis Davis to be captain, have the armband, and I don't disagree with that at all. I think he's been immense. But people are forgetting that the last three games, last four games, Tom Lawrence has been on fire. And not many people have been saying that, which is which has kind of baffled me. But um, Lawrence has been doing a really good job through the middle. And for saying that he's not really the most physical, he's been battling against the biggest centre-halves. He's been picking up the balls in good spaces. So genuinely, I don't really see the need for any changes. I think Festy is a player that's growing in confidence and growing in impact. I think the pace down the, down the flanks is just something we've not had for so long now. I'd argue since maybe Russell or Abdul Kamara, obviously. Um, rapid. But yeah, he was rapid, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see the need for any changes. You don't change a winning formula. I know we drew yesterday, but it kind of felt like a win. And we're in this really weird position where if we lose badly by taking a bit of a risk or by keeping the same team, we're kind of relegated anyway in a weird way. Mm. So it feels like every game's a free hit. So it that can work in our favour, I guess. So yeah. I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. So basically what Ed's saying, thanks, Mel. Uh- <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. all down to Mel. Yeah. Praise Mel. Yeah. Cheers, Mel. Right. Score predictions. Cam, what are you saying? 1-0 Derby. And I think that um, Festy will score by running through on goal. Um, I think that Charlie Austin could cause us some problems, but I'm confident we'll be able to handle them. The only, uh, piggybacking off of what Ed said, the only thing I might change is, even though I didn't think he was particularly good when he came on against Fulham, um, Colin provides an out ball, uh, which if QPR are going to be more direct and put us under some pressure, that could be um, an area I would look to. But um, you're dropping the same Thompson team, for that. 
It's a difficult one. I wouldn't be surprised if Festy's dropped because uh, even though he says he's fine, I'm not 100% sure if he is fine because he pulled up. And when you pull up, that's usually not a good sign. So I wouldn't be surprised if Festy is maybe dropped and that is the change. Um, and if that's the case, then to stay true to my prediction, Festy will come off the bench and bag. Um, but I, um, that's the only area I might change because QPR are a bit physical particularly at the top of the pitch. I expect that they will try and force us into mistakes from playing out from the back. And the reason we play out from the back so much is because typically we don't have an out ball. Um, so if we get Colin on the pitch, then that could be an answer to that. But uh, that's a long-winded answer to say 1-0 Derby, Ben. Very glad to hear that. Kai, uh, you got it quite wrong on, on for Sunday's game. You, you said a 3-1 loss. So I'm sure you were present pleasantly surprised uh, that that came untrue. I was. Um, I'm not so confident of them not scoring because I think they've scored in each of their last 30 games or something like that. I think the last team they failed to score against was us back in, was it February or January we played them last year? So I thought I am thinking it'll be a 2-1 win to Derby. Uh, I think we might start Kazim Richards up top because he is pretty useful as a target man. And I think against a team where you are wanting to score, unlike Fulham, where I know it it sounds bad, but we we set up to get the point. So we played Lawrence through the middle on his own. I think we might try and look to grab all three points. So your best way to do that is to start a striker. So I think Kazim might start up front. Um, I feel, feel like he might also drop Festy just because I don't think he wants to risk him with two more winnable games coming afterwards in Bristol City and Cardiff. It's probably, if we don't get a point out of this one, it's not the end of the world. I also don't think it matters too much anyway because we picked up points against Bournemouth and Fulham, which I don't know about you, but I thought we were going to come, we were going to come out with that situation with zero points. So four is pretty fine with me and Cam, you're right, Blackpool. So we've got Bristol City, Blackpool and then Cardiff. So that's three winnable games, really. So, yeah, I think if we're going to lose one, it'd be this one, but I don't think we will. I think we'll win it 2-1. Kazim and Lawrence get the goals and then Elias Chair with their goal. I will be sitting down for that one. Luke? I'm going to go... I reckon we'll get a point. I reckon it'll be a one-one draw. I think it'll be quite a um, just bog-standard game. I think we'll take the lead early on. Yeah, about 10, 15 minutes since the first half, I think we'll score. And then I think quite quickly after the second half, I think QPR will come out and just run at us. And I think they'll score quite early in the second half. So I think they'll have two early goals, but either side of the halves. The scores, I think Tom Lawrence will score again for us. And like I said earlier, I don't know much about QPR, so I'm just going to go for a Charlie Austin goal because he's the only QPR player I could probably name you off the top of my head. Fair enough. And Ed? Um, I'm feeling optimistic at the moment, obviously, because we've just beaten and drawn against the top two. Um, But I think, again, because we're in a really unique, uniquely bad situation, um, until teams realise that they can't fight us on the pitch as easily anymore, I think we can 
until hard or it until teams adapt to us as opposed to us adapting to them, we can always get nick something in a game. You know, there's no point them trying to play the way that they play because that's what we've been doing for the last year. We've been trying to break down that play. Um, and I know that QPR, as they are fourth, they do love to play football. And Mark Warburton's got a really good style of play there. And I know that a lot of their fans are quite excited about potentially making the playoffs and things. Elias Chair will cause problems because he's the second coming of Tarapt, according to their fans. And that's a big statement to make again. Um, but I do see us winning it purely because we're at home, aren't we, as well? Um, that that definitely plays a big part at the moment because our fans have been superb. And because, again, we've got nothing to lose, there's no reason why we can't go and nick a result here and there. And I think we're off a good couple of games. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 for a win. I'm going to say 2-0. Just because there's no reason not to, you might as well be optimistic. And I'm going to say Max Bird's going to get another, and Phil Jagielka from a corner because oh. the amount of times we've been knocking in corners and they just get cleared mm. every time. We're bound mm. to get a goal one, one time soon. So he is very good at heading the ball, though. Phil, He's just, can we just for a second? Can we just appreciate Phil Jagielka as a footballer at the age of 39? He's impeccable. Best, best number six I've ever seen play for Derby without He's doubt. Phenomenal. Honestly, unbelievable footballer. Um, me and my dad were about it last night, and we said that he could still do a job in the Premier League with his ability. Mm. Well, can I just say quickly, I'm so excited for Ben's prediction. I um, can't wait. I've missed these predictions, Ben, so please don't disappoint. Well, no pressure. I, I think don't, you, pr- don't disappoint. Yeah. Well, it's a Monday night evening kickoff, and I think something will be in the air. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Derby win, but I'm also going to say that we get a man sent off quite early. And it's a very nervy game, but we somehow manage to get it through. Are you disappointed, Luke? I want this, the, the send, player's going to get sent off and I want a scorer. Okay. This, is, this, is, this, is where, this is where my disappointment lies. Okay. Um, oh. Calaroos for either or no. <laughs> um, I think Jason Knight will score because he's he, uh, he's he's doing wonderful runs at the moment, um, and I think oh, I don't want to say it, but I in my heart and I can feel it. Tom Lawrence gets into a bit of a scuffle. Tom Lawrence gets into a bit of scuffle. That aggression. That Welsh fire inside of him is let out, and um, I think he donks someone, gets banned for five, five, six games in like the twentieth minute. Sound all right? I'm not disappointed. That is no. amazing. Thank you. That's 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 exceeded my expectations. Well, that's that's what we do here on the Once Around podcast. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much for listening to the Once Around Podcast. I've been Ben. I've been joined by Cam, Kai, Luke and Ed. And we'll catch you next time when Tom Lawrence has a suspension. (laughs) 